You are about to opt in to Mineratopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right, we are live at the Libertarian National Convention. Nita's here as well. She's a little bit off. Hi, guys. She's running the behind the scenes here. So what's going on, guys? Ah, just enjoying our day here. Keep it, oh, keep it nice and close. Nice and mouth. close. All right. Yeah, uh, enjoying our day here at the You convention. guys want to quickly introduce yourselves? I mean, you don't need to you know, reveal reveal whatever information you like. but uh... Yeah, I'm Nick. I'm from, uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, th- this is all about freedom. It's all about liberty. And uh, right now you can call me Captain Liberty. Captain Liberty. I like it. All right, man. And I'm Andrew Johnson, uh, North Carolina delegate. Glad oh, to be here. Awesome. Uh, Andrew, maybe you could give us a little insight into what this is even all about. You know, the, the Libertarian Convention, like maybe a little bit what went down. I know there's a lot of controversy. I just want to. Right. Well, I'm pretty biased because I'm with the Mises Caucus. But um, basically what we're trying to do is take the party back over. Uh, we're the Ron Paul Revolution 2.0. And yeah. And, and you guys succeeded at doing that. It's yeah. Like, so right? far, so good. Yeah. But uh, we don't handle. I mean, I guess maybe, you know, some people hold some animosity, but most of us, we're just like inclusive. We just want to get stuff done. And what what were the two diverging, uh, you know, what were the difference between the two factions? Actually? Well, I believe the one of the main reasons this uh, this caucus was started was because a lot of us had become disillusioned with the, the messaging and the vision of the Libertarian Party and just kind of lukewarm stuff, especially during the, the COVID era and uh, a failure to speak out against the lockdowns and all that, which is one uh. of the biggest tyrannies of our lifetime okay yeah i i didn't realize that that's what was going on so there so the the leadership at that time the libertarian party it was just a lot of like lukewarm messaging i think they were silent for almost a year on the lockdowns and things like that so it's like this this is our moment and i stayed on the outside for a while and it's like you know i was finally like all right it's time you know join the mises caucus ended up an organizer in georgia and just yeah trying to get stuff done and promote that message you know there's a lot of people still in the party who kind of live on these old ways like a lot of people that you talk to will say hell if only we get in the presidential debates but that's not the way things work anymore you know these you know 30 second sound bites where you're just trying to score political points people you know if joe rogan showed us anything people want these long in-depth conversations get to know someone and then you know ideas are heard understood and i think that's what we're trying to do is you know go the alternative route do it do things outside of the regular system something different something yeah yeah well that that's uh that's what monero is obviously all about that's why i came here I mean, I'm not a registered libertarian. I'm a registered Republican. I actually ran for Congress in New York on the Republican line. I was I was out there day one against the lockdowns in 2020. And I was looking around. I was like, where are you? I was one of the I got COVID super early. So I experienced it myself. And I was like, OK, you know, let's get back to 
get back to normal. Uh, I didn't realize the li- the Libertarian Party on the national level really wasn't speaking out against it. I didn't even realize that. It, yeah, um, it was shameful to say the least. Yeah. So what what was their reluctance? I don't really understand that. I mean, the, the leadership fell for the mainstream narrative and began to use the same process as the mainstream did to close down the convention. And there was a lot of us that were very upset about it. And there was still a lot of, oh, well, you're free to do what you want, but you should probably do what you're told sort of messaging Mm -hmm. going around also. We suggested at the time to do it in South Dakota. South Dakota was the one state that tried to stay open and it should have been, uh, that's something with a lot of integrity right there for Mm -hmm. the state to stay open throughout the pressure that was coming from the federal federal government, which as a libertarian, we don't much care for the federal government because they're constantly creating wars and constantly killing people. And at the, at the bottom of the line is that's not worth standing up for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, then to, to tie Monero and crypto into the conversation, um, I came here trying to figure out why essentially more libertarians aren't into Monero in particular. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to understand what the disconnect there. Is it just the lack of information? Um, is it just that there was maybe one faction of the party that were more reluctant to cryptos in general? Now that the new faction that's taking over might be more open to crypto, or do I am I just not really aware of actually what's going on in I, the I libertarian think, community? I think uh, with the new leadership, it will be. I've got some ideas I'm kicking around in my head myself, but in Georgia, um, we've already started on this process. So at the convention this year, uh, myself and one other guy, we did a breakout session on crypto, just an introduction, broad overview, you know, 40 minutes, whatever. Uh, in June, we actually have an event in uh, just outside of Atlanta that we're going to do uh, open to the community for free where we're going to be presenting, uh, where we're going to be giving a long introduction from the basics you know, some of the history, some of the, uh, you know, some of the everything there, um, you know. What's What's been the hesitation, though, thus far? Well, and I guess this isn't specific to Monero, but just cryptocurrency in general. From a, like a party standpoint, I think it's like difficult to accept like donations in cryptocurrency because oh, sure, of the yeah. reporting requirements mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I've been to other libertarian events like Pork, Pork Fest, Porcupine Fest in New Hampshire. Yeah. And I've like bought and sold stuff for Monero there yeah. and uh, other cryptocurrencies and stuff. I think so. part of the hesitation, though, is you've got a lot of old gold bugs still around. Yeah. And who don't get, you know, don't get the technology, don't trust technology. Yeah, I've come but across so. quite a few of those. This, We've yeah. onboarded this, a lot of them today, though. A lot of them, I feel like they just they just haven't been exposed to it the, yet. Exactly. Right. Lack of understanding. The, it if, can be complicated, you know, until you really understand what's going on with some of these, some of the, just setting up a wallet or something like that can be confusing to people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, the promise of crypto and Monero in particular seems to be one that really aligns with the ideals of libertarianism. I mean, the, the, having the, digital cash in the digital age, uh, it's it's going to be something that, that we're going to need for free and open societies to continue to exist. So exactly. is that something that's ringing true for people are they are they is it, is it kind of general knowledge in the libertarian community that cash is going to be gone in you know oh, yeah. 10 I, years I hope so, so what what do they see as being i, I think that something solution? that you just talk, touched on the basic principles of the libertarian party are so in line with what monero is all about on the white paper uh we got privacy right privacy is one of the most important things in fact without privacy you don't have a society it will collapse 
usually through a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if the libertarians were to understand what the white paper of Monero is, they should be in line with it. I think it's just as of now, the communication hasn't been there. We've got to get something going. And like he was just saying, he's got a couple ideas. And I think there's a few others that have a couple ideas. And I mean, just to that point, uh, you know, like I said, in Georgia, we are pushing some of this stuff. Uh, just last week, we passed a resolution, you know, condemning, condemning regulation on crypto and supporting the separation of money and state. And I think that's where we really want to go. You know, you should be free to trade in anything that you find valuable. You know, Monero, Bitcoin, gold, bullets, no, whatever. No third party involved. No third mm -hmm. party involved, mm -hmm. especially. Yeah. So. I mean, I think what a lot of people don't realize is we already are, for the most part, free to do that. It's just people aren't taking advantage of it. Right. Like Monero's here. We could all be using Monero today. I mean, even I'm from New York and it's pretty draconian over there. But any store that wants to could accept Monero if they want to. And any Joe Schmo can go in there and use it. Uh, so I, I do think it's important that we start taking advantage of that and doing it before those things are, are taken away from us. I think I think it is a, a race. It's a little bit of a race. It's not just, uh, I don't think we have, there, there is a window. And uh, I think it's important that adoption grows large enough to the point where it becomes unstoppable. That's really what's going to make it unstoppable at the end of the day, is that enough people adopt and use it. Technology is always ahead of the curb. <laughs> <laughs> any any ideas on what we can do to get more, you know, libertarians trying to use it in actually daily commerce, things like that? Ooh, that's a good question. Let me think on that. <laughs> I think we need uh, better decentralized uh, fiat on and off ramps, mm -hmm. uh, especially non KYC stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You wanna you wanna come into the conversation? Be happy to. Cameras right there. If you wanna quickly introduce yourself, Dennis Misigoy, uh, libertarian, actually candidate for U.S. Senate in the state of Florida. So, make sure if I'm in frame or not. <laughs> All right, uh, hard to tell from this side of it, but um, you know of echoing a lot of what these guys are saying you know obviously um having freedom to choose in the kind of money you use and where it'll be uh is essential for, for all the sort of goals that we we want to see achieved um money is one half of every transaction and you know i can't well i heard of these guys talking about ron paul revolution 2.0 a little while ago I'm, I'm a guy who who got into libertarianism from the ron paul campaigns back in uh in 08 and 2012 and you know one of the big things there and it's a obviously a real big issue right now is is the monetary system and uh but now we're at a point where there's obviously some more options and things that are growing out um somewhat spontaneously in this and i think uh, you know part of it i think with libertarians in particular is probably just disseminating the information with people in general it, there's always a fear of change um, there's always a resistance to change. So to people who have been used to for an entire lifetime, I'm taking cash out of my pocket or I've got my credit card and everything's valued in dollars to to get away from that. I mean, all of us, I think, were raised with the just assumption, the, just the base assumption to take it as an axiom that governments issue money. But if we've learned nothing else over the last two years and the last 30 years and or 50 years, I should say, because really that's when the Libertarian Party started, when they took the U.S. dollar off the gold standard. Um, that was the, the spark that kind of lit that. Um, the undermining of the monetary system. And that is, and so we have a recognition, I think, that if for nothing else, government and central banks cannot be trusted with the money supply, with the monetary system, it's too important. Um, but then what replaces it, so to speak? Well, what replaces it should be freedom, freedom to choose. So maybe it's crypto for certain transactions, like what you're talking about, where you have the convenience of some that's electronic, easy to transfer, easy to subdivide in ways that, you know, a gold bar isn't. Uh, maybe that still exists as a medium for transaction for something bigger or something. What? But the point is, is allowing people
people choose and let the people who are still afraid, if they want to use a fiat dollar, let them do it. But we got to open those doors and let people know that the doors are open. Uh, I do think you have a really good point that the quicker you have adoption, you're going to kind of steamroll the opposition because um, at an early stage, if they want to clamp down before there's widespread adoption, it'd be a lot easier for them to do it. Right. If you have widespread adoption, I think it's a little bit different, but somewhat related to kind of how things have gone down with the COVID lockdowns. You know, it, it just wasn't sustainable. And because it wasn't sustainable to keep those lockdowns, it was just too much resistance. Um, that's why a lot of that has failed. That's why we're we're all maskless on airplanes and we're not having to provide, you know, vaccination information, this, this and so forth. But the but one thing we still need to recognize, and this I think this is part of what the Libertarian Party really is focused on in me trying to run as a candidate, is that if we are able to overcome those kind of things through popular force, but we leave the same people in power who are who have always wanted to exert influence over and control these sort of things like the money supply, like your health care decisions, all these sort of things, they're going to continue to try to do those things every place that they can. And maybe it'll be an invented crisis that'll where they'll go out of their way to to try to find a way to subvert uh, the alternative monetary systems like cryptocurrency. So, you know, for us as an organization, part of that is to be able to create the opportunity for us to get away and get those people, remove them from having the levers of power to be able to do this stuff. Because at the end of the day, we can't just say, well, we're going to set these things up and then just kind of go on autopilot. Those guys are still going to be there and they're still going to be trying to sink their hooks in. Right. So, yeah, yeah. We got We got a tunnel from both ends. We got to create uh, an unstoppable technology, but then also get rid of the political barriers just so adoption can happen faster for, you know, without, without those constraints. Is there anything on your platform related to cryptocurrency? Like thing, things that uh, you would do to, you know, for me, it's really just about making sure that we avoid having any restrictions and that we recognize, you know, really as legal tender, open it up in every way we can. So it'd be crypto is legal tender. Let, let all monies compete freely. Yes. It would be your allow people. And, you know, again, we, we want to be at least for me personally, I'll say I'll be sensitive. I, I want to end the fed because it's just not constitutional. Oh, yeah. So end the fed, <laughs> but, um, well, you know, if you, if you stick can. with the Constitution, the Constitution says, you know, gold and silver, legal tender, and uh, and it gives Congress the power to coin and uh, print money. So, OK, Congress can still manage the fiat dollar. At least it's constitutional. At least it um, there's some modicum of accountability by having people that are elected do it as terrible as they are, as terrible as they are. But uh, but obviously, then you open it up to all the alternatives, all the alternatives, so, and you allow the free market to decide which um, which coin, which technology, uh, what's the solution. And the truth is, I can't tell you what the solution is going to be. None of us really knows when we have that freedom how the market will um, uh, the equal how it will find equilibrium with that. So, what what state are you running in? Florida. Okay, Florida. Okay, so um, biggest swing state we got. Yeah, and so, so you're obviously you're running as a libertarian. What do the numbers look like in terms of Republican Democrats? So. It was actually interesting. I, I, we have this incumbent, uh, very popular, I'm sure. Uh, uh, maybe you've heard of this guy, Marco Rubio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's the guy who's up for re-election this year. Uh, and I was seeing some interesting numbers, actually, where uh, obviously they're not looking at us. But as they are tracking support for him and the likely Democrat nominee, who's uh, Val Demings, uh, is a sitting congresswoman in central Florida, uh, was big in the Biden deep stakes. So this should be a high profile race. Uh as they're tracking that, you've got um, her her support tracks about even with registered Democrats in the state. Rubio's actually a bit behind registered Republicans in the state. And there's about a thirty, a little over thirty percent that was showing up as other slash undecided. So I think there's a big lane there. Obviously, it, it's a bit of work for us to try to get the name out there and to spread the word. And so it's part of the reason why being out here in Reno and just trying to 
build up a little bit more of that support so that uh, folks have the awareness, folks who recognize we need freedom and money, that we need to get away from the, the system of having not just the monetary system, but all of these aspects of our economy centrally planned uh, to recognize that and, and to get behind candidates who want to do that and, and do that at the highest levels. Because as much as I think a lot of times libertarians, and, and it's something I did in the past, I was a local elected official at a really local level in a special taxing district. Uh, we do, those are more attainable for us. So we sometimes, excuse me, sometimes we focus a bit, quite a bit on local races, but all of us who were brought here by, again, going back to the Ron Paul revolution, you know, what were the two big issues at that time were monetary policy, you know, the destruction of the dollar and uh, the foreign policy. And those are both things that we need to take care of at that level. We can't, unfortunately, we can't really address those things at a local level. So um, that's why I'm trying to do that. And mm -hmm. I think there's a there's an opportunity there. There's a recognition by a lot of people. They want to be anti-establishment. They they don't like what's going on, but they they haven't heard the message the way we have. And I think, you know, people will be open to it. I've certainly seen positive responses from folks who aren't necessarily libertarians, but it's it's the challenges reaching them. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, let's say you're elected, you know, uh, and they want they there. There's a movement to regulate crypto or let's say in particular Monero. Right. Sure. They're concerned that, of you course. know, it can be used for money laundering, could be used to fund terrorism. Maybe some event happens, you know, sure. where now they're they're all rallying against of it, course. saying we, we can't allow this technology to be used without regulation for these. What is your response to that? My response be used is used to evade taxes. I mean, all these things. So how how are you? Well, I mean, on the joke, the argument on the sort of joking side, you can always just say, look, if anyone's trying to avoid taxes, great job. Um, yeah. But but more importantly than that, I think you have to recognize that. Um, every time we expand the power of government, it is it is inevitable for it to be misused and it will attract the people that misuse it. And that's what happens today. And that is the nature of government power. Mm. But the, um, the, the Russians can use it to avoid sanctions. I mean, sure. No, no. Look, um, well, I, I, that'll get us down the rabbit hole of foreign policy. Sanctions are an act of war. Sanctions are not. People think of sanctions uh, or people are people are told that sanctions are an alternative to war. Sanctions are an act of war because sanctions kill people and they don't kill the guy in power. It's not. Trust me, Putin's not missing any meals. I'm a I'm a Cuban American. Okay, my mother and her family came uh, very early on after the revolution. But um, you know, we ha we've had the embargo for basically like half a century. Trust me, Castro didn't go to bed hungry one night because of the embargo. It was regular people who suffered and and really have suffered in the wake of that for for so long. And also, it has stifled the pos the possibility of change because you had people um, really cut off and and a lack of influence for what we could give. You've seen a little bit of that change recently, but uh, but that's kind of getting off on a tangent. But to your point, look, everything, and at the end of the day, and it's, and sometimes it's hard to make this case to the mainstream, um, everything is a trade-off. Sure, you can say, ah, here's this big boogeyman um, that is gonna be used, but this is what always happens. And maybe we can use the example of COVID as something where government got you scared of something and use that fear. And this is what they do. They, you know, the, uh, what's the saying they say, never let a good crisis go to waste, uh, which is really horrendous when you think about it. You're taking, you know, people's fear and human tragedy and you're using it to enact policies that really, we know these guys always wanted to do all, all along. We're seeing it right now with the, uh, with the, the recent mass shootings. Uh, the same mm -hmm. thing that's happening. So when it comes to this, you know, yeah, what's, what's going to happen when the kid used cryptocurrency to, to, you know, to buy some to buy, buy to some. buy a gun or buy ammo, yeah. or at least that's what right. we're told, uh, because, again, that could be the narrative, but it may not be the actual case. But regardless, we have to be able to stand and recognize that whatever they're proposing in reality is always going to be a trade off. And what are we trading off? We're losing control. We're losing freedom. And maybe sometimes that's a harder sell for people because a lot of people will act in a way that's very emotional in reaction to these kind of things, whether it's fear or anger or, or the idea to do that. But 
what we need to do in a sense is is to be the voice of reason uh to be the voice of reason so that people understand good decisions aren't made when people are uh emotionally reacting to a crisis or or you know dealing with trauma um the fear of these kind of events or or you know what we see right now they don't make the best decisions we know that in our regular lives so it's not any different in the political world but we have to make the case that and and also probably be able to show i think um that how how much more productive and i think we'll see that if we if we have a really free uh open free market monetary policy that allows competition in different currencies to to work you'll see uh an economic flourishing and we have to weigh that trade off with what they're trying to tell us to fear because in reality we've already lived in a controlled monetary system for how long now it's not like we don't have mass shootings now all, all any of the things that they're going to probably want us to fear are things that are going to be there anyway and things that are already there now so we have to find a way to break that chain and make sure that people can kind of see through that um it's not an easy it's not it's not going to be an easy thing and unfortunately that that creates a challenge for us but you have to have the resolve and i think if people at a bare minimum understand the kind of principled position we're coming from they will listen um you know you can't and this is something i'm sympathetic to when people Particularly, I remember when we were talking about with lockdowns and vaccine mandates and everything. A lot of people are very cynical when they hear us talk about freedom because they've heard a lot of people, other politicians talk about freedom. But they talk about freedom for this. And it's not freedom for that. You know, they, they want freedom for this, but they want to arrest somebody for growing a plant in their house. Mm -hmm. um, so they're not serious about freedom. So I understand why people might be cynical about that. So it's on us mm -hmm. to to demonstrate something better. You know, I had it on a very local level, I had a chance to do it as a local official in a special taxing district. It was really just about spending and, and you know, get adding a little transparency. But that's that's the case we've, not, we've got to make is that these are the principles behind it. And this is also the consequences of it is you're either going to lose this freedom and you're going to lose the prosperity that comes with it because uh i i am recognized that the only path for us to have peace and prosperity not just among nations but among us as people is the maximum amount of individual liberty and sometimes we gloss over it and people hear the topic of economics and they think that's just you know that's just people over you know concerned with money or it's about wall street or whatever and and it's not economics is about allocation of resources that we use for our everyday lives and money is one half of every transaction so it's really really important that we have a sound monetary system for people to be able to get ahead in life right now you earn a dollar and tomorrow it's worth less and you and if you want to spend it in two weeks it's worth less than it was when you weren't when you earned it and that's just wrong um and, right. and people deserve a dollar or a monetary unit that is uh that is worth as much as they was when they earned it um and, and you can't guarantee that maybe because there's always going to be some kind of market fluctuation but at least you shouldn't be constantly undermining it purposefully mm -hmm. which is what we've been doing for 100 years mm -hmm. all right we add to what you've been talking about he asked the question what would happen if somebody bought monero and then did something bad with it well i'd like to answer the question by saying what if you went out and bought a car and then you killed somebody with that car point in case right and, and you use and you use cash, cash yeah. <laughs> right well, yeah no no exactly I, if we I, I know the answer i, I just want to see what uh, our you know our senator would, have, <laughs> right would say what's, what's the argument on the floor of congress when you're being attacked for these things and you're saying these technologies are being used for for evil things yeah and we well, need to stop them well, you, yeah. you um, have to you have to resist that knee-jerk reaction um with, there has to be a recognition i think on an individual level people do recognize you don't make good decisions when you're emotional when you're distraught when you're dealing with trauma and and we're seeing that right now as people are the gun debate is is back up and in in the news and everything and you know we can kind of get into stuff about it and talk about why it is so important for people to have the right to bear arms and really when you actually look at the situation in that particular case again i don't want to get too much off on a tangent but you know so many of these things are a failure of government to do 
the things that we actually expect them to do, the parents were expecting them to do. Uh, and in our case, uh, and it's the same thing here. It's no different. Um, they're going to promise you that we're going to regulate this stuff so that we can avoid, you know, some bad guy from spending cryptocurrency to buy bad stuff and do bad things. But the reality is, is who are they actually going to use it on? Who are, whose funding are they actually going to work on? If we have a, a organized, peaceful, uh, but dissident resistance to government tyranny, you think they're just going to, you know, not worry about us? No, no. The power is always going to be misused and the power attracts people who want to misuse it. It's unfortunate, but it's the nature of the reality and the nature of power is that it will attract the ones who want to do bad stuff with it. And when we look at the folks we have in power, it's largely self-evident. Awesome, man. Awesome. Did we did we send you some Monero? Did we uh, get you uh, on Monero? Not yet. Not yet. I've been running around too <laughs> okay, much, so, we'll, we'll, so get, we'll make sure we do that when we're yeah, done. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Sounds good. Would you like an espresso? Uh, I don't drink coffee. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, what, what else do you guys want to chime in about? Well, you any? Let's talk more about Monero. I mean, so you guys, I think you ha already were kind of into Monero, right? I, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, what's 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 everybody's like, Monero story? Uh, this is the first time I've gotten any Monero. You sending me 10 bucks. Um, like I said, I bought Bitcoin and some other stuff. And, you know, I just really haven't had the time to look at Monero and really understand it. I mean, I know it's out there and it's been on my list of things to, you know, buy and explore and learn a little bit more. So now that I have a little bit, I have that wallet. Now it's like, all right, I guess I'm going to look a little bit into it. You know, the privacy aspects of it are definitely. Yeah. Well, was, was there a hesitation or just you just never really found your way uh, to it? You never saw so, uh, I guess you never had, felt like you had a need? Yeah, for the most part. I, okay. You know, I just haven't had a need to transact with a privacy coin. So that's, I guess, where the big the big disconnect comes. Do you transact with Bitcoin? On occasion. Okay. And you wouldn't rather that transaction be private every time or it's just... I mean, that also comes down to the vendor, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, certain things you're buying, the vendor might only be taking Bitcoin, right, right, Bitcoin right. Cash, something like that. Right, right. So, what what do you guys think? And you could, you know, you could tell me more about your Monero stories. But what do you think about the fact that Monero is gaining adoption on the dark markets? What's your good response to that? Monero. Yeah. You know, the yeah, more yeah. the more that we diversify, yeah. open markets, right? The more it's that a, stuff is a, diversified away from term. fiat, government managed, central bank managed currency, the better. The more we, we get closer to that, the better. And most of the stuff on the darknet market should be legal anyway. So, how about some freedom? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it, can we, you know, why do we make it so complicated? Yeah. That's what it's all about. If, if there's no such thing as private ownership, in other words, pri uh, private property, what do we got? So if that's been taken away, then you pretty much you're, you're losing out on mm -hmm. your personal life. Uh, that's The government's very dangerous. We all know that. If you look into history, you'll see every single genocide has been done by large governments. And the larger the government, the larger the death toll. Death goes up always. So let's have some freedom. Let's have some privacy. Monero's all about it. If you go check out Monero's white papers, you'll understand that whoever did that understood the basic principles of freedom and liberty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is, you know, Senator is absolutely spot on. I think the Libertarian Party should already be on top of this subject. Mm -hmm. I'm actually kind of, you know, a little upset that it's that we're not marching forwards and as the number one party marching crypto because there's a war going on right now. The government's trying to completely take it away from the people. And it's up to the people to understand what's going on mm -hmm. in order to try to do something about that. And the Libertarian Party is is that party. We should be that party. We 100%. should be constantly talking about what's going on in the crypto scene because it's very, very important. If the global elite decide to take us into a digital age and they have 100% power, they're going to control everything. 
existing. That is why right now we're in a war. We have to start standing up, letting people know what's going on. There is a better way to do things rather than using banks as the third party, which always steal from you. How about just peer to peer? Monero is one of those and I absolutely support it. It's amazing. Awesome, man. That was, that was a good little speech there. <laughs> well done. You should have been out there on the floor convincing everybody of Monero. <laughs> you know, and all, and all of us who come out here, I mean, all of us come out to an event like this and everything because we are moved by the conditions and the situations and these issues that we recognize. And so, you know, I think there's stories like this for everybody here. You don't just go out of your way and take time away from everything else in your life to do this stuff. If you're if you're not passionate about this because you haven't seen these problems or you don't recognize the need for change. So what would be the best way to kind of get information and education out with regards to Monero to the entire libertarian like organization? Hmm. Hmm. I'd like to answer that. I'll give that. You got it? <laughs> I got, I'll pass that one over. Are you sure? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, ask the question one more time so we can go right in. To you, is there any means of getting, uh, you know, educational materials with regards to Monero out to the entire libertarian community? Is there a means of doing Absolutely. That? I believe that if we can gather our heads together and start putting thought into this, we can bring the basic principles of freedom and liberty on to something like Monero. What we do by doing that is doing the correlation. If constitution, liberty, and freedom equals Monero, the libertarians are going to jump on that. Mm -hmm. But right, but I say, is but there right some, now they is don't. There's some structure that we could use to get the word out to you know people that are in the party, like you know, yeah, I don't know, like Angela. somebody giving a talk at it Do during, the, during the Angela. convention. Or... I mean, I'll throw in. I mean, Angela. as the as the the movement has progressed, I think particularly within the last few years, uh, and just I guess I'd say you know the same kind of the same way that technology has made cryptocurrency possible, technology has also kind of decentralized how we consume media, and we have a lot of alternate news and information sources. And that's certainly true in the libertarian community. So we do have, you know, where we have some of these prominent figures within the, within the, within the party, within the movement. Mm -hmm. I certainly think if you, if you were able like to like Ron Paul talking about Monero, Ron Paul be, talking, yeah. talking more about that. Um, yeah, Dave Smith is obviously one who, who has a wide reach. He's a guy who gets out on Rogan and, and some of these other places who uh, is a big advocate for, I think a lot of the, the values that, that we hold. And so it's just, a. I think if you're able to pull in personalities like that, uh, Spike Cohen also is a guy who's 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 going around everywhere he can and and espousing these principles. So if you are able to to pull in figures like that that libertarians already have a connection to and and recognize and trust mm -hmm. and uh, and able to have those guys at least in on the conversation, yeah, I think that gets you a little bit closer. Obviously, people need to go down the rabbit hole, but libertarians have already done that. That's how yeah. we got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by by hearing a little bit of the message and then going down the rabbit hole and and doing some of the research to do it. And uh, and a lot of people are motivated to to want to find alternatives. So it's just a question. Certainly within cryptocurrency, I'd say one of the things is that it, it can be confusing and overwhelming to a lot of people because there are so many options out there. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, to answer so, your question more fully, we would like to introduce them. Yeah, we've got, sure, uh, sure, sure. We've got, pass, pass we've, yeah, we've got the uh, newly elected chair of the Libertarian National Party. Oh, wow. Congrats. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you. So tell us a little bit about that. I, we, we've been out here the entire time. We pretty much missed the, the workings of the convention itself. We're here talking to people about Monero Crypto, but what went on in there over the last two days? So elections wrapped up just a couple of hours ago. I was elected chair between 69 and 70% of the delegation voted for me. Karen Ann Harlos was re-elected secretary. She got about 70% of the vote. And we're really optimistic at the change in leadership and change in direction of the party. 
And that is also going to include, of course, better advocacy for cryptocurrency. Okay. What was your general pitch as to as to why you should be uh, the chair? We need to reclaim the libertarian brand in the libertarian party. The party is not very welcoming to the broader liberty movement right now. And we are turning that around. We are going to improve our messaging so that it's back on track, more in alignment with what the founders of the party wanted, more in alignment with the Ron Paul revolution and the larger liberty movement. We're also going to start engaging in long-term planning and doing a better job of running our organization in a professional capacity. So I'm really excited. And, and we're going to be reaching out to, I guess you could call them special interest groups. So people who are really into cryptocurrency, people who are Excellent. passionate about food freedom and medical freedom, yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 We were just talking, you know, I, I came to this conference because I was trying to figure out why more libertarians aren't already very much into things like Monero, privacy, cryptocurrencies, digital cash. Um, but what what would you recommend as being a way to kind of, you know, get that information out there to the general community? And why do you think there's been this disconnect up, up to this date? I think that there's some confusion still about how cryptocurrency actually works and what its function is. Generally, we live in a cash society. Even if you're using a credit card, we, we wanna swipe a card or we just wanna do an immediate transaction. And people aren't thinking about savings. They're not thinking about financial privacy so much and security. We have a very short-term mindset when it comes to our money. And so what we really need to do is to communicate more clearly how cryptocurrency can be used in your daily life and what its advantages are and why financial privacy is important. And I think that we're at a really good place historically to discuss that because we've seen inflation hit. It's been very damaging. And we saw trucker protests in Canada that resulted in people getting pushed out of their bank accounts. Mm -hmm. So I think we finally have some really good talking points that normal people can understand. Do you, thank you so much. Do you personally have a, a take on Monero? I don't have any Monero. Okay. People keep telling me I should get some. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we'll definitely give okay. you $10 worth. <laughs> so there were a couple of projects that I was working on earlier this year regarding lockdowns and dealing with people in government roles. And I needed to hire people to do specific projects to frustrate government purposes. And I was advised to pay those volunteers in Monero. Okay, getting good advice. And I think that that might be a good route for me to take when I need volunteers who I would like to compensate for projects that are a little more controversial. That's, uh, I think that is Monero's most important use case. It's, it's that's what digital cash, uh, you know, the service it really provides, right? This ability for people to transact freely and support the causes they want to support without censorship. Uh, we call it free speech money, right? So yes. I, I think that's really its its most important value proposition is that it can be used for those purposes so that people can always essentially put their money where with what they support politically. So very soon, within the next couple of months, we are going to be launching a big Bitcoin donation campaign for the national party. If at all possible, I would love to incorporate Monero and other cryptocurrencies oh, that could really have an obvious value and a benefit to them. I think that would be a really excellent thing for us. And I definitely want to develop a closer relationship with the crypto community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for jumping on. Congratulations. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for can having we, uh, me. Can we get your contact so we could be in communication? Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Uh, this is cool. uh, more, more conversations. 
All right. Thank you. That was awesome. Thanks for bringing her in. Appreciate Great that. Great job. Angela. Angela. <laughs> oh, okay. Jump on, man. Come on over. What's going on, man? You're you're the guy who got me here. Uh, I think I was on your show. You were on. And you told me the, the convention was coming up. And I asked you. We had this conversation. We're like, why are more libertarians using Monero? And you're like, well, you should head over there and uh, find out. So I appreciate that. Thanks for getting me involved. Communities are incredibly important to me, which is why I wanted to make sure that you guys were here. I mean, this is the most important libertarian event as of at least right now, I would say. And things are changing for the better, it seems like. And I wanted to get you guys in on that ground floor. So now's, now's the time for both communities to just mesh together. There's no reason for them to not work next to each other. Um, very beneficial to each other. So I just, uh, yeah, I don't see why uh, they shouldn't. Yeah, awesome, man. Have you enjoyed the conference so far? It's been great. Yeah. Uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, people like these gentlemen and uh, Angela, and I don't know, everyone's really welcoming. And it's always just a fun time, fun crowd to be around. So it's a little bit different. You go to your monthly meetups or, uh, you know, your state convention or whatever. But when you get this many libertarians all together being autists, it's kind of funny. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of fun, though. Yeah. So. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, what was your overall take on, on the controversy with the with what happened with the conference, the, the dueling factions and... Well, I'm, you know, I'm a state organizer for the Mises Caucus. So that's pretty much where I, where I land. I'm pro Angela. Um, I don't really care who is in charge. I care what they do. And as long as we're all working towards the same goal and actually fighting the state, that's what matters to me. And up to this point, you know, without naming names, there definitely has not been a focus on winning elections to fight the state, uh, to actually spread liberty. And that's the most important thing to me. So I'll put any, yep. I will put anybody in that position to make sure to uh, spread liberty forever. Where do you see the most potential for the libertarian to, to make ground right now? Where, where can we potentially, you know, win elections? Where do you, where do you see that? The grassroots. No, are there are any places in particular where, oh, the, it, actual where the candidates uh, have a chance at making um, a real impact? Metropolitan areas are going to be a lot more difficult. Um, definitely rural areas, suburban areas are going to be a lot easier. Um, but it also kind of just depends on the state. I've heard mixed messages from all the different candidates. So it kind of just depends. Um, either way, everyone should contact their local um, state LP. Everybody has Facebooks and Twitters and everything. So just make sure you get a hold of them and get involved somehow. Um, and also check out Spike Cohen's uh, going, You Are the Power, um, which is a single issue, single issue coalition uh, gathering activists together to make sure uh, we can actually work on single issues and get them done instead of being frazzled with uh, too many things going on at once. Awesome. Awesome. So what, any comments on that or? Uh, no, I agree 100%. <laughs> But uh, I got to run here. Okay. So thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for, for jumping me on. on the show. This is great. Uh, uh, yeah, greatly appreciate it. Thank you, man. Yeah. Do you guys have any stats on uh, on the Libertarian Party itself in terms of like its growth and where it currently is? You know, that, where it could be headed. That one, I don't. So so membership kind of ebbs and flows. So it reaches. It re, it, oh, it's uh -oh. all right. Still works. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it reaches peaks in presidential years, and then it starts dropping down. So. Yeah. 
I mean, I think membership has generally stayed in this range. I mean, it'll go up and come down. But we're hoping, you know, this new energy, this new project we've got going, you know, Mises Caucus and everything else. It's just new face and new that we are trying to give the party that we can give the broader liberty-minded community out there a place to call their political home. All right. That's exciting. Yeah. I mean, in, in my state, the state of Utah, we, we've actually grown a lot. Um, and we, which is the only state I can speak on personally. We, we went from eight voting delegates to 13 in a matter of a year. Um, and it, it's based off of membership. And uh, it's, it's grown incredibly well, incredibly quickly. And we've got a lot going on. So it, I don't know. It's growing fast. A How lot many of people, people are at the convention? I mean, it, it was, there's it was uh, a thousand, a little over a thousand seated delegates at the wow. convention, plus alternates. So just people voting. You've got, you know, you've got 1,200, 1,500, somewhere in there. So one of the uh, the leaders in the convention committee, uh, Jim Turney, uh, close to being a neighbor of mine over in Central Florida, um, mentioned to me he's on the convention and organizing committee. Uh, he anticipated, I, I think, at registration, this is maybe a week ago or so, around 1,400, 1,500 people. Uh, so, so yeah, there's a quite, a quite a large group. Uh, obviously, you've got the between the delegates and other people attending, alternates, and other folks like myself who aren't registered as a delegate or alternate but are just attending here uh, to connect with libertarians from the rest of the country. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Anything else you guys want to bring up? We might, uh, we might take I'll just, a I'd here. just like to add, uh, before I get back into business, since that's going to be starting soon, is if anyone out there watching is in the Atlanta area, we do, uh, Libertarian Party of Georgia does have an event going on in mid-June okay. to discuss basics of cryptocurrency. Free event. It's on the uh, Libertarian Party of Georgia website, lpgeorgia.com. Okay. So I just wanted to get that out there. You know, come on out. I, th I think there'll be a, a Monero meetup in, in Georgia in June. There's oh, yeah? The, the, the Monero tail emission uh, is... Are you familiar with Monero's tail emissions? That, that component of Monero? No. Okay, so, so Bitcoin has a cap supply of 21 million coins. Right. Monero has a nominal cap 18.6 million coins and then there's a tail emission thereafter okay uh, the idea being there'll always be an incentive for miners to mine so we'll keep a robust strong uh, mining network so Monero is actually entering its tail emission phase in June 8th so there's going to be a lot of different meetups hmm. well a number of meetups maybe like five that are going on in New York and I believe Georgia is one so I'll maybe look sure out to, for that I'll be sure to take a look and maybe cool. make it out there cool just real quickly, uh, do you have any predictions on where Monero is going to go? Uh, in terms of price, I don't know. Price I mean, it is. Price it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think Monero is highly undervalued. Um, you know, I, I think Monero really does compete with Bitcoin in a lot of ways. You know, it's a lot of people like to avoid that because they don't want to scare away Bitcoiners. But I think we're really competing over digital cash and which coin can do that the best. Uh, and then once it becomes that transactional medium of exchange, store of value will, 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 will evolve from that. And I think Monero has truly gained organic adoption for the use case of digital cash more so than any other crypto. We're seeing it on the dark markets. I mean, that's just the best example of digital cash working where it needs to work. So I, I see it winning that, that use case. And with that comes everything of what uh, a coin will have to be valued at if it's going to be 
the primary protocol for digital cash throughout the world. So I'll let you do the, do the math on that, but I think it's it's going to be worth quite a bit when we have a lot a very large amount of people using it for digital cash purposes globally. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's so really cool. uh, you know, thousands of dollars. Obviously, I mean, I, I don't I don't usually make predictions with price, so, but uh, I I just see only good things ahead for for Monero. Right on. Yeah. How about yourself? Do you have a prediction? Well, we we can only hope we survive this next bear market and uh and then after that for the next bull market depending on mass adoption yeah and whether what other coins are chosen monero could have the possibility of hitting 18 yeah i mean what excites me most about monero is its adoption you know i'm more concerned about that number go up so seeing transaction counts go up and seeing data where we see it being adopted for digital cash purposes and monero is is very bullish with regards to that fight for crypto freedom (laughs) (laughs) all you have to do is start using it that's the thing it's like it's it's very easy to partake in the revolution it's just opt out you know opt out of fiat and just start using this and you could achieve a lot more doing that than uh what you may be able to do doing other things i'm not saying you know political action is 100 necessary uh i think it's important and uh like i said you know we got a tunnel in from both sides but we need more people taking advantage of of the easy thing which is to just start using these things and from that uh we'll we'll, we'll our liberty will, will naturally grow uh i think we're gonna take a quick we're gonna take a break here we're gonna do the price report and uh maybe we'll we'll throw a few more people on after this thank you so much guys anything else you guys want to round that round it out with anything uh, any last sure, comments make sure to check out rise to liberty.com i just dropped a uh interview with seth for privacy it's oh really nice great. man and uh make sure to buy some uh coffee from gratuitous thank it's you. awesome <laughs> love it thank you so much uh again my name is dennis misigoy uh if you guys go check out the website is real simple it's just my last ah uh, there you go see i go rambling on it it's not there all right, I'll just hold it because it's for that much more. Uh, my name is Dennis Misigoy. Uh, the website is misigoy.com. Uh, running for Senate, if you, uh, again, we don't want to wait to see what they try to do in the next crisis, what they try to do in terms of monetary freedom. We want to make sure that we're not uh, beset by folks in power who want to do that sort of thing. So if you want to help me in that endeavor on that side of this issue, uh, please go by, visit, uh, help us out. Make sure, because we got a lot of people in our state in Florida to uh, to try to reach out to with this message and the general message of freedom, uh, both freedom in the money we choose and, and freedom to live according to our own values. So uh, if you can do that, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right. We're going to go to the price report. Thank you, guys. Greatly much. appreciate it. Nice meeting you guys. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again, man, for hooking this up. Good thank luck. Yep. Let's do it. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. All right. Good morning, everybody. This is the price report number 22 on the technical and fundamental analysis. Well, uh, before we go ahead with the price report, let us talk about what the market situation and the geopolitical situation looks like. It is basically a cat on the wall. That is where we are right now, where nobody's completely sure if we are going towards or below $20,000 for Bitcoin, or in other words, towards $1 trillion or less than $1 trillion in total market capitalization. The geopolitical situation, the uh, the overall market situation also looks weak globally with the Russia-Ukraine crisis, adding to the food shortage around the globe and also fertilizers. 
the the shortage of fertilizers being exported from Russia and Ukraine uh, through the through the globe, the fuel prices increasing. In fact, I just learned yesterday that in United Kingdom, the true inflation is about nine percent. This is the true inflation that people feel on the ground. People's salaries are not increasing, and uh, people are uh, expecting uh, the worst to come in the in the as per the statistics in the in the coming months. So, having said that, um, markets react uh, more negatively than the news that are around the globe. So that means the markets are weak at the moment. So there is no real bullish sentiment or a bullish trigger going forward at the moment. So let's see what we are going to discuss in this price report. Uh, so last week I had mentioned about the Monero flipping Bitcoin Cash, and this has actually come to fruition this week um, with Monero flipping Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Cash being the very first fork of Bitcoin. It's it's a major event, and because this builds confidence in the currency of Monero in the markets, the tail emission is incoming in the next few weeks, uh, about the first week of June, and we're going to talk about the technical price action. So. In terms of the crypto greed and fear index, it's pretty interesting that for the last one month we are in extreme fear. Actually, this is a good sign, and because this is a good sign of accumulation, we are in the lowest of the bear market in the last one year, and we are certainly in a bear market. And when this happens, it's actually stretched for quite a long time. Um, and whenever this uh, a mini bear market or bear market transpires, we actually greed follows uh, in the in the coming time. And when that happens, we are not completely sure, but it is going to follow in the time to come. So let us look at the total cryptocurrency markets. And this is something I would like to point out. Exactly five years ago in 2016, about May, we had a total crypto market capitalization about $8 billion with total volume about $1 billion. Fast forward six years in 2022, in amidst the bottommost point of bear market that we are in today, we have a market capitalization of 1.3 trillion, which went up to 3 trillion, of course, sometime back at the peak. So which is 100 times of what we were six years back. And in terms of the total volume, we are also 100 times in terms of volume six years back. So it is a fact that the cryptocurrency space as a whole has blossomed and boomed because of new players coming up, new projects coming up. And so this is something to keep in mind as we move forward, because when people are calling for doomsday, we should never forget that we have come a long way. And let's go to the charts now. This is the BTC USD chart. Just give me a second. This is the BTC USD chart. Um, so um, we are right now in, let me just get rid of this first. All right. So I have drawn a few more support lines about 25,000 and 18,000 is something I already drew because 25,000 is something uh, let's go to the four hourly chart we had dipped to about 24,000 it was I think 24,500 uh, in most of the exchanges so we had dipped down to that level and it was kind of capitulation but it is not completely certain if that is the capitulation or that was the bottom that we saw or their bottom is yet to come so let us look at the weekly charts and see where we are right now. So um, we are in a, a downward trend with RSI being around the oversold levels. And certainly historically, the RSI can go much lower than the uh, 30 region to 20. And that's the lowest we usually see. But we have not yet received a buy signal or a reversal. So my understanding would be that markets are weak and there's a high probability and highly likely that we go down and test this 25,000 once again. And I think we should do that. Um, 
and the sooner that happens the better but if you're going to just uh, flirt around 30,000 levels that's also possible because there's a lot of buying as you see it's flirting around 29,000 for a long time now it's also possible but the quicker we go I think the quicker we recover uh, or we can stay around 30,000 for a good amount of time going forward but uh, I do expect a reversal of some sorts towards 36,000 to come in the coming time um, let's go to the XMR USD chart and as we know Monero has looked quite strong in the last um, few weeks while the total total market has tumbled down Monero has stayed at its neutral pay, place even though the price hasn't increased um, the RSI looks uh, neither overbought or oversold so right now there is neither a buy or a sell signal it's slight slightly more towards the sell side I would say also is indicated by the technical indicator but it's finding its uh, support around 120 182 but we should also remember a coin cannot remain strong forever so even though we have been gaining a lot of strength uh, I do see some kind of bearish momentum forming but I think it's also depends on the overall recovery of the markets I see about um, $160 about uh, to could be tested again but if we break the $180 support and then we're going to get back up and I was looking at some other analysis in the markets we don't have a buy signal yet on Monero uh, let's let's go to that uh, signal yeah so this was an interesting analysis where uh, we have come down to about $180 right now with $168 being a sort of a capitulation in the Monero uh, price and then we move up to $360 right up and this is a high possibility because the transactions are increasing in Monero right now about 24,000 uh, average of 23,000 it's slightly increased the average of transactions as well as uh, the price has been really strong with Monero coming from about 50 in the market cap to about 25 right now which I think is a, a commendable increase in the total market share that Monero is trying to capture if we come to XMR BTC certainly it's, it's broken out of the long long-term trend line and uh, right now it's in the upper part of the Bollinger Bands which means that um, it can keep continuing uh, this way there can be minor corrections on the way and it's also above the uh, the average uh, the moving average and as long as it continues being above this green line that you see I think it's going to do well against Bitcoin as a whole and it's also trying to capture about um, I think was it I'm not mistaken I think it's going on its it's on its way of capturing 0.5% of the total cryptocurrency market cap which can be a significant event in the coming time so uh, there is another thing I would like to discuss something about the tail emission we all know that uh, the circulating supply for Monero today is 18.1 million this can be considered like the total supply in a way although it shows us infinite which is a bit misleading the circulating supply for Bitcoin today is about 19 odd million and the total supply for Bitcoin is going to be 21 million capped now if you see this graph this is an interesting graph which shows the money supply that is ever going to be existing for Bitcoin versus Monero and you'd see that even though Bitcoin is converging to 21 million about this in the y-axis Monero is ever increasing towards infinitum what this means is I did some calculation and you can do that too uh, we have something called um, the tail emission coming up uh, about early June 2022 where the block rewards would be capped at 0.6 XMR per, 
per block. And what a block means is all the transactions are batched into a block every two minutes for the for the miners for the network to verify. And miners are rewarded some uh, some currency for their work, and they are going to be rewarded a maximum of 0.6 XMR, which is going to be constant forever. What this means is, if you do a little bit math, you would notice that it's going to take about 114 years, which means by the time Bitcoin reaches 21 million total supply cap monero would be about 36 million in about 2140 ish 2134 so having said that you would also see that the reward curve is flattening and it's going to be flattening uh, fl it's going to remain flattened for the time to come which also means that monero is going to have inflation uh, less than that of gold per year and the inflation for monero is going to tend towards zero in the long term having said that uh, also to note is that the transaction has historically followed the price and vice versa. So we can expect that with mass adoption, the price is also going in that direction. Now, um, this is something, and this is an interesting piece uh, that XMR was once in top three currency. This is somewhere around 3rd of September, 2016, but I think somewhere around that month, XMR did touch the top three currencies in the total market cap, which then had about $210 million. And today being uh, about 15 times of that. So XMR holds a great potential and you know, um, most of the coins that you see here are shit coins that don't exist anymore, at least, uh, except for a handful of them. Um, and even the top 10 currencies are something that you would not see except for a couple of them or two or three of them. So XMR holds a promising place in the top 10 going forward. And having said this, uh, this is the last part uh, in this presentation. If we have, if let's say you have all the hash power for Bitcoin in the world, the profits that you would generate from Bitcoin mining would be about to the tune of 300, 400 million dollars per month. And whereas for Monero, it's going to be just 1.4 million dollars per month, plus minus. And what this means, price does play a significant effect. So let's say if, if the Monero's price is going to go 100 times in the foreseeable future, the uh, miners who have accumulated, who don't profit as much with Monero today, are going to significantly, significantly profit in the future. So it also depends on the price of Monero. So with adoption, uh, as the profits of the mining go up, uh, miners will be incentivized to move to Monero. So that is all about my presentation today. Uh, thank you very much. Wish you all a have a nice day. Bye. All righty, people. All We're right. Good. We are back after the price report. And we have, we've oh, been, the camera actually. We've been Hold live on. for over an hour. <laughs> What's wrong with the camera? It's not it's looking not in the looking right direction. Oh, okay. Fix that. And there she is, Martha. Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's going on? It's been crazy. How's it going for you guys? It's been good, except we've been at this table the entire time. So we didn't get to like experience the convention inside. It looks pretty intense in there. I haven't been in there today. Oh, okay. I'm you not a delegate this, this time okay. around. I'm not. So I. You've been a delegate in the past, though. Yes. Okay. For many, many, many conventions. Okay. Um, I can't say that I'm missing anything. It's been. <laughs> crazy here what, what is your take on what happened in which terms of like the Mises well there, there's there's like yeah there's a Mises takeover right mm -hmm. so what what's your kind of opinion of it um I've kind of kept on the way side of that I I left the party um a few months ago because of the the rhetoric uh, there was a lot of hate going around a lot of just not good things and I don't I don't want to be part of that my mission here is to advance freedom and that's not advancing freedom so I've kind of stayed on the side lines um 
excited to see what they come up with. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They they're here. They obviously took over. They won. I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm willing to hear them out. We just had what's her name? The, the Angela one, the, McCardo. Angela, Angela McCardo. Yeah. yeah. We just had her on, and she did say she's she's interested in you know talking more about crypto and getting the libertarian uh, you know Good. community Love more. That more educated on crypto so that's exciting yes absolutely um that's why we came here we were trying to figure out like why aren't more libertarians out there you know fighting for monero you know and adopting monero like what's going on with that so that's a great point and i'm glad that angela embraced it and that's something that after the the bitcoin conference in 2021 that i went to the first time i had gone to a crypto conference um i realized that everybody in attendance was a libertarian at least they didn't know they were a libertarian, but right. they were a libertarian. And right. I came to the libertarian party and I said, guys, why aren't we reaching out to these people? And um, I got a lot of people like, well, did you see the prices for the booth there? I mean, it's incredibly expensive. We, we, what are you talking about, Martha? We don't have that kind of money. And then I got uh, people for Liberty were like, we're interested. And they had Joe Jorgensen in the last convention. So I think it matters. And I think yeah. we're, we're going to get there. Um, I want libertarians to hear about what we're doing in Cuba with Monero. You know, I think that this is the community for this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, we, I mean, we've gotten a lot of good feedback here. Yeah. Uh, this is ran, your, this is your community. We ran, yeah, it is. Yeah. We ran into a ton of people that already knew about Monero. Um, but then, yeah, surprisingly, we ran into a lot of people who have never heard of it, had no idea, but they knew like, you know, other random yeah. projects. Some um, coins have a lot of good publicity. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. 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 But overall, <laughs> once once we spoke to anybody, they were all like, oh, okay, this this makes sense. Monero makes sense. Like, why haven't I heard about that? Then we, we, we also ran into people that were just completely reluctant and kind of just wanted nothing to do with crypto. They were just like, sure. eh, you know, they just had an overall complete distrust of the entire concept. I think that happens a lot when people yeah. don't understand it. I mean, yeah, we yeah, see yeah. that all across the board. I mean, yeah, not just for Monero, but all of the coins. And I would right. agree, if you don't understand it, don't. Yeah. Like, go understand it first. Right. A lot of people get in trouble because yeah. they just, somebody told me that this coin is great. Right. <laughs> and then they. Right. But with most libertarians, the leap isn't too far. It's like they already understand the importance of, you know, sound money. Right. Uh, they, they have, you know, ideals that align with dig, like cash. Right. So it's really not much of a leap for right. them to like start to, you know. I'm so glad you guys came their, here. Yeah. The question is, you know, everybody else should be joining in. Where's where's all the other coins? Like this is the place to be. Yeah. We should be having a booth at their events and then they should be having booths at our events. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Should be a, you know, this is this is the group. These are the people. Can You're I, here. <laughs> can I make you a coffee? Please, please. <laughs> I, I beg of you. I need coffee. Gonna, I need real coffee. I'm gonna make you a coffee right now. You guys know I'm I'm Cuban. The the water that they <laughs> try and pass here for coffee is just not a thing. Yeah, I think you'll be satisfied. I had it at the Monero. Oh, you did at Monero Topia. Yes, okay. you saved my life when I got in the morning and I hadn't had coffee and you. Yeah, we've we've gotten better. You brought yeah. me one and it was a lifesaver. So thank Hold you. Hold on one second. So how's wed wedded bliss? It's uh been great. Good. <laughs> busy, busy as usual. <laughs> It's been nonstop action ever since uh, the conference, which was a total success. I mean, we believe it was. I think it was. It was all, yeah. Old. And thank you guys for letting me speak. And open. The, and and open. And talk it. about Cuba. And so such amazing things came from that. How, how has uh, the campaign been going for you? 
So I've got three more months left. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's going it's been nonstop. It's I'm been sure. nonstop. Uh, but the local, I can't you were here. It was funny yesterday. I like saw someone walk by, and I was like, I think that's. <laughs> Everybody assumed I wasn't going to come because I quit the party. So oh. that makes sense that I yeah. wouldn't be here. But you know, the thing is, I'm this. These are my people. The party isn't isn't the thing. Isn't the the freedom movement. It's these people. So I'm I'm not abandoning them, and I will always be a libertarian. I just, I can't get behind the toxic behaviors I was, and it, if I won't bring my daughter to a convention because of what I was hearing, I'm not going to ask women to join. I can't. I can't say, come join this thing and then get harassed by people. Yeah. What was that in reference to? You're saying? Um, I got, I got a lot of hate from a certain group of people. Joy. Thank you. Um, I, yeah, I got a lot of hate from a certain group um, of so-called libertarians for different things. Um, well, without getting into all the, I'm sure people don't want to hear about it, but you know, just comments on myself, my body. Um, I, I'm trying, my, my big thing is to bring in more of the Hispanic community, do more outreach to Hispanics. I think that we believe in freedom, especially Cubans, Nicaraguans, Venezuelans. Like we come to America hoping to get that freedom that we don't have in our countries. And then we get here and they're like, we don't want, you know, there's a certain faction that didn't really want Hispanics or, or not not Hispanics, they don't care for immigration. Like we got to fix America first. And that, that kind of led to a little bit of a conflict or a lot yeah. bit of a conflict. And the Libertarian Party stands for immigration. And so anybody not in favor of that, that's kind of a problem for me. So, and especially when they call me out on it and they're like, you know, you're there are more, more Latinas than just you. You're not the only one. It's like, that's not the point. I want to bring in all of them and I want them to be welcomed and I want them to feel welcomed and I don't want them to get harassed because they put on a bathing suit or because, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, is that what that hot tub? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I make sure to post. Listen, I will post I like, in a bathing suit if it gets me attention and it does. So there you go. You need some Monero logos my... on there. And then we'll, uh... You know what? I will take a bathing suit with a Monero logo. Anybody feel free to send Anybody it to me. Anybody that wants to volunteer Dresses, and donate. Right. I, I have a weed dress that I wear everywhere. Um, I need a Monero dress, please and thank you. Hats, whatever, send it my way. I will wear it. Um, yeah. We need a hot tub at the next Monero I know. Tub, yeah. We're going to have to do that. <laughs> hot tub. There's probably a hot tub here. <laughs> well, then, well. you're going to call it. <laughs> if not, my hotel is a really nice one. So, do you was come it... here every year? No, no, wait. Well, do you come here every year? To, to Reno? To the, no, no, to this convention. Yeah, so or it's not, it's, it's it all right. It used to be a delegate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, right it's every two years. Uh, yeah. So these are the kind of off ones, the smaller ones, because it's not a presidential one. For the presidential one, it's bigger. So you oh, guys have okay. to plan. It's two years Ooh, from now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's good. And it's obvious, so it's not always in Reno. No, yeah. no, no. We've had it. I've been so we've had uh, Orlando twice since I've um, been part of the organization, and then we had one in New Orleans. Okay. Oh, nice. That was, that was nice. That was and fine. so with these these issues that you're saying, uh, where the party's view on on immigration. So the the new caucus that that took over the Mises, what what is their take on that issue? I mean, you just had Angela on, so I think that that she's probably better to speak on that issue. Okay, I'm just um, trying to understand. Yeah, yeah, to, I, don't I don't know. Um, so the whole concept is that they weren't unhappy with how the Libertarian Party was being run, which I completely agree with. There's, you know, there's always room for improvement. Mm -hmm. um, but their concept is that we need to kind of tear down everything that was built and start fresh. And um, Bill Perkins just got off a stage for lunch and he said that this is definitely a remodel, but not a, a tear.
tear down. It's not a complete tear down. And they're trying to tear down this institution. I want to remind people that this party is the only party besides Republicans and Democrats that have managed to get consecutively on the ballot multiple times. That's a feat nobody else has achieved. No other party, no other movement. Mm -hmm. We've done that. So while we're not perfect, we have a lot of good things. Right, right, right. And we're promoting freedom and we're getting you, you, people You have ballot. network effect. Uh, right. Yeah, and it takes power. a while. You and can't, you're competing against, you know, Republicans and Democrats have been in power 167 years. 167 yeah. years yeah. of them making decisions for us. It's only either this side or this side and there's no like middle ground. So it takes a long time to break that down. What do you, what is your prediction with regards to the growth of the party and where the party might be headed? For me, it's the movement. The movement is growing. The movement around the world, um, you know, I, I, I've gone to the country of Georgia. They have uh, the Girchi Party, which is the Libertarian Party over there, and they are amazing and they're spreading liberty. And Georgia is now one of, the, despite the fact that they have Russia kind of um, in on their territory. And, you know, I was worried that if it wasn't Ukraine, it would have been Georgia. You would have been hearing Georgia more on the news. Um, despite all of their issues, they're one of the freest countries right now. Uh, definitely economically. Uh, we have Javier Milei, uh, who is a huge libertarian who won a position in Argentina. Um, you know, so the movement is growing around the world, not just in America. And so that my prediction is we're, we're going to like it's going to expand. It's yeah, going to grow. Yeah. When you talk to Cubans, they've heard of, you know, libertarianism or at least their ideas. And they want that for their own yeah. country. We're growing. Maybe not the party. Right. But, the, but I don't care about the party. The ideas behind it. The ideas. Yeah. I want freedom. Yeah. However that comes. Whoever's right. going to push freedom. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think obviously crypto, I think, is helping bootstrap that in yes. a way that it's never been possible before. I mean, think about it. You have governments controlling the old, like your currency. Right. And then there's this thing that isn't controlled by anyone right especially like monero where nobody can track it and right and, like, and you have people that are getting well, getting wealthy off of it because they're early adopters and a lot of those people are for the most part liberty loving people so we need more liberty loving people oh and, and the bad guys too <laughs> i mean without right? any bad you won't have any good right, right. you can't have all the same i mean we're not just we don't just say want who's the good, good people. Bad, right who's to say, say. we uh, want all the people yeah. this is the party where drug dealers are welcome you know? yeah, maybe you don't even consider it you know and i mean technically i'm kind of a you know i'm smuggling drugs to cuba so i'm talking about myself here too <laughs> we're drinking one of uh, my favorite drugs right now so. this is my favorite drug yeah i just need a little bit of sugar oh, oh. I well, it's not a cuban coffee right no. cuban co like well the cuban coffee is like pure sugar and then a little yeah. bit of coffee yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa that's a lot that of really yeah i don't know if, is it up. a sugar high or a caffeine it's true. it does taste that. delicious, delicious. Yeah. it is amazing yeah. and thank you guys Again, I cannot, when I travel outside of Miami, like I thank God for Starbucks that like at least has like lattes or like an espresso. Cause I've been to a lot of places in America and I can't deal with the lack of coffee. The, coffee. Yeah. the real coffee. coffee. Yeah, real coffee. coffee. Hard to find. Hard to find. So thank we, you guys uh, for bringing. Of course, you're welcome. Uh, anybody that wants to jump on stage, now is the time. Put the link in. All right, drop the link in. Does this person that's waiting, they want to jump on? Uh, yeah, we'll uh, put on our little segment. Okay. It's so the we're gonna... on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. All right, who do we got? Great 44, are you there from Poland? Oh, watch, sir, watch it, watch our camera. It's okay. <laughs> we almost lost our camera. Sir, are you, are you online? Or sir or madam, I, I don't know, or 
test, wherever you may microphone be. Test. Hello. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're live, man. You. Can you hear us? Uh, I hear you, but how about your side? We hear yeah, you. Yeah, we hear you. Okay. I have sent some topics because I thinking without a little of the criticism, there is no progress on the Monero project or overall on the crypto and as all of them. And uh, I wanna ask on the most common question I had: What's the name of the unit uh, under the one Monero XML? Because uh, some products can be worth it less than one XML. How how we can? Oh, like call the Satoshi? It? You mean like what's the Satoshi? Well, yeah, um, yes, same uh, the, same as that. Yeah, the the Picanero is is what it's called. Picanero, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah we, maybe we could use a better name. Maybe so, in Satoshi is good. Satoshi, you know, it rolls off the tongue. You got to stack sats. It, it, it is a. It's a better. It's a better word. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's well branded. Okay, well, sir. Uh, what what uh, is uh what brought you to Monero Topia today? Do you you follow follow this show often? Uh, usually, almost every uh, information about the Monero, uh, I have discovered this project nearby behind the classical one, which is the first Bitcoin, like usually. Bitcoin was the first, but uh, on the few weeks after, I have discovered that is not a good idea about the viewing by the blockchain and Uh, movement of the funds Uh, but uh, more importantly I have read the white paper original white paper made it from the Satoshi and I understand concept I I have little strange feelings about the market because um, this market it's uh, look like the stock markets where the cryptocurrencies can be filled like the um, company obligations uh, something like that with the manipulation of the price uh, like SMV 500 uh, and different types and uh, this is uh, strange situation in my opinion because it's not quite correct with the white paper by the Satoshi which should be used like the regular money like the cash yeah yeah uh, totally agree so are are you from Poland are you in Poland yeah but uh, are you seeing you know Monero adoption in Poland or you know among People that are into crypto in Poland, are they aware of Monero? Not quite well. Uh, there is some opportunities because we have some uh, uh, exchanges uh, which I allow us to buy cryptocurrencies without KYC. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, uh, we have uh, uh, the strange love uh, about the uh, wait a second because I am not the best in English. Uh, you're doing great, man. You're doing great. Oh, you're looking up the word. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Capital gains tax. We have around. Uh, oh, capital gains tax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Around twenty per 
percent, which is a little huge, and uh, probably most of us uh, uh, members, which are even uh, streaming uh, information about the cryptos, uh, uh, I not uh, uh, not try to um, go back to the fiat because about this uh, tax uh, so they prefer to movement uh, around the stable coins uh, and back to the yes. different types and they are for some reason prefer the um, no all great points you're saying people go into stable coins technical a, a technical analysis but they mm. prefer a technical analysis but not uh, fundamental which in my opinion fundamental is more uh, more profitable because you will be much more understand uh, the concept of the project even if we are talking about the stocks for example if we are, we are trying to analyze some of company which i just make uh, paper mm -hmm. uh, how it's much better to know it who is uh, a director how it's uh, where it's come how it's capital gains what is the point of view where it's coming where it's the roadmap expansion plan uh, capitalization etc I prefer fundamental analysis over the uh, short games. I have it uh, dividend uh, obligation, if I right. say it correctly. <clears throat> All right, we're, we're, we're just going to move on because we got to see. Does anybody else want to jump on? I put okay. Ready. Somebody in the comments is saying, why not use Saberhagen for uh, uh, that? That's a good idea. Stack, stack Sabs. I like it. Not, not a bad idea. Not a bad <laughs> idea. Much better. Martha, what's, what's your take on capital gains tax on crypto? It's ridiculous. I mean, I, but I mean, look at where we are, right? Yeah. Like taxation is theft. Like why, why, why? The government loves to take from us when we make and when we lose and like when we pay for our houses and when we buy gas and like enough, enough already. They take from, they take from us when we die, for God's sakes. <laughs> like seriously, you can't even die in this country without them taking money from you. So yeah, no, uh, they no. They want that pound of flesh. You know what, when you lose money in, in, in crypto, they don't give it back. They're not like, oh, I'm sorry, you had some losses here to take some money. No, like they're like, oh, you made a little bit, you pay us. Right, oh. right, right, right. So do you think we get to, to the point in the US where basically crypto is treated uh, like legal tender is allowed to compete equally with any any other currency? I mean, depends. I, I think that if we go towards a freedom future, yeah. If we keep up with what we're doing, uh, no, they're gonna outlaw it. I mean, look at Ross Ulbricht, right? I mean, he's not in jail because he built a website where drugs were sold, because the, the biggest drug dealer on that site is already free so it wasn't the drugs it was the bitcoin you know it was the competition to the united states government but when he went to jail bitcoin was what 300 dollars a bitcoin mm -hmm. um so they tried to keep him down to like try and suppress bitcoin and at least this is my opinion i could be completely wrong and he really deserved i mean no he didn't there's no reason for somebody to be in jail for 240 years that didn't have a victim just no but you know to me it's it's the government they they really hate um the competition mm -hmm. 
And so we, you know, we had Edward Snowden uh, come in and uh, he was, you know, obviously via Zoom or whatever, but he was yesterday's breakfast speaker and uh, he can't come into the United States. And why? What did he reveal? He revealed that the United States was literally spying on everyday people for no reason, without cause. They see everything on our phones. They see everything we do. And that was his crime, was telling us that. And he's in exile because of it. The United States doesn't like competition. They don't like the truth. Did did he have a Q&A yesterday? We regret missing that. He did. Were you able to ask any no, questions? No, I was not. So uh, apparently the questions were like Already set up. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I was, I was kind of like, I had tried really hard to get a question to him. Um, I wanted to ask him about Ross Ulbricht's case. Mm-hmm. That to me was, you know, I wanted to see what he felt because I've never I've never heard him talk about Ross. And I think that they while they're completely different, one is a whistleblower, the other one, you know, built a website. I think that they're both political prisoners, except for the fact that Snowden managed to get away before he became a prisoner. Right. Um, But they're both are political prisoners. And this is something that is so passionate for me, uh, you know, considering there's 2000 political prisoners in Cuba and I talk about them often. And then people are like, oh, America, freedom. Do you know we have political prisoners here too? Yeah. Ross Ulbricht is yeah. our political prisoner. Yeah. No, no, not enough people are, are talking yeah. about it. No. Uh, even in crypto, right? right. I mean, Ross Ulbricht, you got Satoshi. Your, your average crypto. And then Ross, this is who gave us Bitcoin. If you own Bitcoin today, if you've made a dollar in Bitcoin, thanks Satoshi and then thank Ross. Yeah. We, yeah, I had somebody I was talking to uh, on like a spaces the other day. He had like tons of followers and, you know, he's a big Bitcoiner. And, uh, yeah, he was like, no, you know, we shouldn't be focusing on the, the fact that, you know, Bitcoin was used in the dark markets. It was like, he's like, I'm more interested in, you know, Bitcoin pizza day. I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, are you like are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> he's like, he's like, we shouldn't even be talking about those things. I'm I like, want, what? I want to do that for Cuba. I want a free market, you know, eBay style, whatever, uh, Silk Road for Cuba. Like, and, and that's just my, because I'm Cuban, this is where I care, but I want to see this all around the world. Like free I in open markets. Yes. Yeah. You using a cryptocurrency that the government can control. Why not? Why shouldn't we be talking about this? That's literally the purpose of, in my view. Right. What, what are they so scared of? Why aren't people out to freely, you know, People don't like and, freedom. No. I mean, no, people love freedom. They're just scared of it. I've, I've come across this and I've been able to reconcile when I have like a difference with people and they're like, no, people shouldn't be able to buy a gun or decide if if their community, they want abortions or not. Like it's, it's fear of what will happen if you have too much freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, it's getting past that. Do you think though there's just a certain sector of humanity that just naturally really doesn't care about freedom and liberty? Like they're they're like it's their nature. They're okay with you know uh, almost being told what to do. I mean, are we are we the minority, or is it in all people that they ultimately do want? freedom the only people that i have encountered that don't value freedom tend to be the same people that i don't necessarily interact with a lot which would be people who like marxism communism socialism so more towards the left like an extreme left and what i found and i don't mean this as as an insult in any way but it kind of is um they like to be taken care of and so it's it's more of um you know people are scared of freedom because then you have to do it for yourself you know you have to you become responsible you become responsible in, in any way, shape or form. I see people are like, well, the government has to take care of me because my health or my, you know, part of that responsibility is on you. Uh, yes, you should be able to have health care. But what we have right now, you know, the government controls all of that. We can't go across the border and buy cheaper drugs. It's 
illegal. So, you know, the government controls it to a point and, and we're like, we want more of that? Why? Why don't you want it? Yes, it's scary. If, if you don't have that safety net, if you don't have the ability to buy insurance, if you don't, you know, it's scary to be like, I have to do this for myself. Yeah, It is scary. But also, what's the alternative to have the government control it? And then they can tell you, no, you know what? You're not going to get that surgery because it's just too expensive and we don't want to do it. And now what are your options? You're out of options. People don't realize that there's something worse than not being able to afford something. Mm -hmm. And that is to not be able to get it no matter what or have to break a law. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's a little too abstract for people. They don't, they don't realize how bad things can get. Until it's bad. Until, and, until it's you, until it's your kid, right? Yeah. So I'm a mom of four. And one of my big issues is cannabis because there's a group of moms out there called Canna Moms that, um, <laughs> listen, it, it sounds funny, but these women are amazing. It was started in Florida, uh, Mariah Bornhart and uh, Giselle Delgadillo, and they both have children that have severe medical conditions. And... Um, there's other moms, but these are like the main, these are like my girls. And um, uh, Mariah's daughter has a very bad form of, of brain cancer. And um, and Giselle's son has Dravet syndrome, which is an extreme form of epilepsy. And they were the people that pushed forward uh, the medical marijuana in, in Florida. And to see that, you know, there's something that helps these children and that there's a person in government that can write on a piece of paper, you're not going to have this. And that's it. You, you can't get this thing, no matter how much it helps your child, you're not going to get it. That's that was really the thing that like pushed me over the top to become an activist because as a mom i sat in the in, in this you know uh, they, they were giving a talk um giselle was and she went through the history of her child and i sat there and i just couldn't help but cry from the frustration of how is it possible that a mom trying to save her kid's life could go to jail and her kid could be taken from her because of the thing that actually helps them is illegal and that's what we do in this country we there's over forty thousand people in jail over cannabis that was the number one yeah. thing sold on the silk road is cannabis Cannabis. Right. And insulin. What people don't realize is insulin was sold on right, the Silk right, Road. Right, right, right. They they were saving lives. We were looking Hard at like fine cancer drugs. Yes, I mean, like yes. crazy things. So people need to understand that you know. I get that you're scared, but that kid has a right to live and you don't have a right to stop them from living because you're scared. My freedom is more important than your fear. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that was that was really concerning is, you know, with COVID, uh, not so much. What <laughs> Let's the, go into the COVID not, not talk. So All much, right. <laughs> not so much what, what the governments did, but how most people responded was to just go along with it oh. and, and be, be OK with what the government <laughs> was telling them and really just you know, flushing their liberties down, down the drain the without even and thinking happily. twice. Yeah. And happily. And happily doing it. So So as a kid, I wondered how the Holocaust could happen. How do these atrocities that we were reading about as a child as children, like how did this happen? And then COVID happened. I'm like, oh Right. I get it now. Right. I get it. Right. Like people will just like people were going it, against each other. Like they would see somebody walking in the streets, you know, without a mask and they'd call the police. Yeah. Like mind blown. Like I get it. You're scared, but just stay like you're inside your house yeah. behind walls and windows. Like let people live. That person's not scared. Let them go about their life. Yeah. Why, why, why are you calling police? To them. Yeah. Like in Florida, we had people on the beach with nobody around and police were called on them. Yeah, sir. No, yeah. I mean, it we were in New York. We, we saw yeah. was, crazy things, crazy. crazy things. So I get it now. Like, but so does that, does that mean like we are, you know, we're 
how do we fix that? Right. Cause that's just society as a whole, that there's a large percentage, large <laughs> percentage of, of people that are, that are effectively mm. very sheepish and are okay with that. So why are they going to go start using cryptocurrencies every day? You know, like what's going to be the catalyst. That's not our group. And to push, not people. everybody's going to go on yep. to crypto. That's, that's not our group. We can't convince them. I can't convince somebody that doesn't see a value in freedom that there's a value in freedom. Um, I didn't need to be convinced. My parents, you know, fled communism. My dad was a political prisoner. My mother broke him out of jail. Like to me, freedom is the ultimate thing because my dad was able to come to America without a penny in his pocket, bring my family out, out of Cuba, you know, build something. I've been able to to do my own thing, have start companies. And now I have this opportunity to talk to people about freedom. All of that came from just the ability to be free. And so I look at my my family in Cuba. Yeah, they're they're taken care of. They're not taken care of. That's why I have to send drugs to Cuba. That 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 idea that the government's going to take care of you. I see the reality of it. You know, my my um, my cousin has a three year old and she's called me at times and like my kid has a fever and there's nothing I can give him. All she can do to lower his fever is put him in a like a tub of water and like hope that, you know, or cold compresses or something like a, you know, something wet over their head. Like, really? This is what reality of government taking care of you looks like, you know, despite the wonderful propaganda Cuba has where medical attention there is wonderful or whatever. This is what it looks like. And this is what Americans are asking for. And it's just it's so frustrating. We're going in the opposite direction. This country was founded on these free market principles. And yet, yeah, we'll yeah, no. you're not giving up. I'm not uh, giving up. No, no, we're not giving up. We're just getting Sanita, started. No, <laughs> no. And thank no you guys for coming out. Like... <laughs> thank you guys for doing this. I have a choice. Yes, don't ever forget that. Yeah, she always. I have, I've been divorced. There's always a choice. Yeah, so, so have I. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're we're gonna wrap yeah, it up on that. It's getting personal. <laughs> Uh, we'll wrap it up. Thank you so much, Martha. We're Thank so glad guys. we just Thank happened you. to run into you here. I just Where, you. wherever there's liberty, there's there's Martha. Martha. <laughs> I like that. Can I use that slogan? Yes. That's my new yeah. campaign slogan. All right. Ciao, everybody. It's been awesome. Oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you to, to Cake Wallet, Monero.com Wallet. Really, we 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 hooked up. I don't know. A lot of people. Yeah. We, we lost uh, count. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many people, but we've been hooking them up on the spot, having them download Monero.com Wallet and sending them a little Monero gift. Thank you to to Vic and Cake Wallet uh, or Monero.com Wallet. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome. The Anybody that's willing to stop over here for, for a minute has has been very open-minded to what we are all about. Uh, if they don't know Monero by name, they're just interested in the concept of digital cash. So super exciting to see. Thank you so much, Martha. And uh, Thank you to ciao. our viewers. Thank you yes. for watching. <laughs> all right, guys. Ciao. And I got to run upstairs for Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.